Vull sentir-te la pell encesa. Vine i arrenca'm aquest plor del pit. Vine a treure'm la roba de la tristesa. No vull veure't. Vull mirar-te. No vull imaginar-te. Vull compartir tot això que sents. No vull tenir-te tu. Vine'm a buscar. Vine a robar-me l'aire. Vine aquí, balla amb mi. Balla com una lluna a l'aigua. Vine'm a buscar. Tommy Noise. ¿Estamos? Estamos. Estamos. Ok. Hosh Galdanes. Adene. Ian. Nasosin. Gnaiden. Iak Shamlar. Iegejeler. Gule Gule. Gurusha Ruz. Evet Hayer. Tashikuler. How's my Turkish boys? This is episode 16. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. 16, sweet 16. Lingaholics, we're blasting off into the sphere here. Whee! Yeah. What's up, boys? Just getting my coffee in me. Uh, feeling good, but uh, yeah, man. The uh, little Esther challenge is up and running. So I'd throw some at you. And... Hey, you want to translate for us? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't speak a... Uh, I just, I was literally just throwing all the phrases that I know. So, for example, Hoshgeldenis um, or Hoshgelden. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you do enough languages, uh, you start to notice there's the formal and the informal. And just like me and Koi with Korean, there's like three levels of formality. So if something ends with is in Turkish, that's like talking usted in Spanish, real formal. Uh, if I was talking, well, plural, you guys are plural right now. So I think that's the correct term form to use. But then if I just want to be less formal. And then like how are you? Or no, sorry, like usted, so little breakdown there, threw in some uh, greetings at you. Uh, good night then, which kind of sounds like good night, but it's actually good morning. Iak uh, Shamlar, bonsoir, good evening. You said good morning and good, good evening. Well, we people are going to listen to this whenever they listen to it. So, uh, fair enough. Turkshe, Turkshe. Turkshe bilmiorum ve Englishe bilmiorum. So, I don't know Turkish, but I do English. Uh, little phrases so yeah uh this is past week i went pretty i tried something new uh, and taken on turkish i went more for like an extensive uh practice this week instead of intensive so yeah i can get into what, what that means exactly but boy, yeah, what does that mean Nasselson. what does that mean uh yeah so, that's interesting because intensive and extensive for yeah me, that's like that's a well, that, those are science terms there's something I want to bring up too, but let's just do our yeah first. yeah let's turn yeah before we get all Turkish. Um, right. What's up, boys? <laughs> Turkish, yeah. Marcus, you go first. Yeah, Marcus. Well, so Marcus. first of all, it's a beautiful day here in Barcelona. Uh, I just went running today up in the the montañitas aquí alrededor de la ciudad. 
So uh-huh. the Mount of Bar- Barcelona, if you're not familiar with the geography of this beautiful Mediterranean city, it's surrounded by mountains, right? Absolutely. So it's, it's, on, it's on the Mediterranean, but it's surrounded by mountains. They're not big, but they're mountains. For sure, they're mountains. They're not just like small little hills. They're mountains. Yeah. So there's a bunch of um, trails up on the mountains where you can go pasear, caminar, o sea, whatever you want. Exactly. Uh, So I I was up there, I was running, I ran eight kilometers, but it's very like up and down. The train is very varied. Up and down, up and down, exactamente. So I was up there and the best part about this place is that um, you have the best views of the entire city from up there. Yeah, so you see everything. You legitimately see all of the city, all of the industrial parts, and then you see you can actually look over the mountains and look on the other side, like the valleys and like how the mountains grow. Because they so this is kind of the start of the Pyrenees, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as you go farther, the Pyrenees, the mountains just start growing and growing and growing, and all of a sudden you're in the the, the center of the Pyrenees, say. Um, that must Andorra. be a sweet view That's at an, night, no? Oh, Andorra. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So it goes up all the way to Andorra, right? And Andorra is this mountain paradise in the Pyrenees yeah. in between Spain and France. That reminds me, to, uh, when I lived in Honduras, Tegucigalpa and Capital. Uh, yeah, man. It's uh, when you're up in the valleys and you're just overlooking the entire city. Like, just, it's magnificent, man. And then also when you're... I don't know. I guess are there villages on those mountains? Like, or, like, do people live at all in those mountains? I think, yeah, a bunch Tegus- of rich people here. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Well, in Honduras, is the opposite. All the poor people live on the yeah on the outside. But when you're in the middle of Honduras, it looks like there's like you're surrounded by like a, you're in a Christmas tree. It seems like because all the little uh, barrios uh, would be yeah. No, I know how that works. I yeah, know how yeah. Same in like Costa Rica. Beautiful yeah. views. Uh huh. Exactly. I think Latin America, tiene esto. But dude. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. So, so uh, yeah, you see some pretty sick houses up there, like mansion style houses Casones, Casones. With, with amazing views. Uh, and I just wanted to touch on the weather. The weather is phenomenal. It's probably it's like, like 25 degrees out today and one sunny. Um, I was yeah. talking to the locals here. My buddy, uh, he said that, that it's, it's warmer than usual for mid-November. Usually okay. like otoño, otoño, like the fall here, it gets a little chillier. Yeah. And the, like the winter, it does get it does get chillier. It doesn't snow. It never snows. But it does get chillier. It's looking better. It it drops to like ten or even lower sometimes. But now it's like twenty five and nice. So you think is that going to stay that way for till into December? I don't know. I hope so, man. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So. It's it's very arid here. It's very arid. It's it's kind of like Calgary a little bit in terms of its aridness. Like it doesn't rain here. Okay. A lot. Yeah. It doesn't rain here a lot. Maybe the locals are going to tell me that now that I don't know what I'm talking about. But, but uh, it's probably only rained like three or four days since I came here. Oh, damn. You've been there two months, right? More. Three almost. More. Casi tres. Two and a half. So, yeah, I'm enjoying my day. So I, I went out and I did my uh, ejercicio, my, my workouts, my running and whatever, just enjoying the day. And now I'm here, I'm doing Get some work and I got the pods. So I'm, I'm stoked. I'm having a great day, boys. A great day. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm going to throw it back to Alberta. Alberta. 
Pinchicola. Pinchicola. Yeah, um, I, I don't have too much to touch on this week. Um, I've just been uh, working hard and trying to stay at home because we've got a second wave of COVID here. Yeah, we got oh, some yeah. restrictions. Yeah, so I don't have too much to touch on. My life's kind of boring right now. <laughs> well, but you yeah. got you got at least tell something Alberta. about languages, man. Yeah, what are you doing touch for us languages? Up, keep us up to date on the languages, Cole. Yeah, well, th- this week I didn't even have that much time to um, to do languages because uh, I've just been doing some stuff with the the Lingaholics podcast. That yeah, let people, people know what's happening. What's happening? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we putting out? Do we want to keep that a surprise, or or do we want to tell people about that? Nah, no manches. No manches, Okay, we're, yeah, we're just we're just making uh, highlight reel videos. So we're gonna start yeah. doing uh, clips, like uh, in the like the Joe Rogan style. And um, yeah, so I was just I was going through all of our videos like the past couple weeks, and uh, the, since our vid- our episodes are pretty long, so that took me that was very time consuming. So I haven't had too much time to dedicate to language studying because just due to the way that my days are set up like um during the middle of my day like i have a big chunk where i like dedicate to like exercising and cooking and stuff like that so the majority of my day i'm busy doing stuff and then i just have like a small chunk in the evening to dedicate to whatever i want and lately it was like mostly watching the videos and going through them so yeah. I haven't been doing as much language studying as I want, but I've done that now. So yeah, man, we got, got the clips. I've got that time freed up again. So yeah. So ask. boys, boys, all right, boys. Marcus. I was just gonna ask, what's what's going on with the uh, the language community in Calgary? Uh, Not much. <laughs> that, I'm MIA, so well, I I'm no, I don't know. Koto, do you know? Have you kept in touch with anybody? It's I, I'm also a little bit MIA, but it seems like it's kind of just um going limbo covid limbo covid limbo yeah 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 man it's yeah it sucks because i was thinking like mark is actually it's probably like a year now around this time when i met you man when i uh uh that was in november i remember going to the meetups like that was the that became the new weekend ritual for me like i was so stoked for the weekends man going to the the language meetup and man who when was the last time waves would have had us february march march i guess change something like that something yeah. like that. I, I remember i remember going to to waves to the language meetup and us joking so cody had just come back and yeah. everyone was just joking that cody had covid <laughs> like oh, oh yeah 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 COVID. actually that's one of the clips that's speaking of the clips <laughs> that's that's what of- like we were asking cody's he lived in China, but we're like not in Wuhan. <laughs> Whatever. That's that's one of the clips in the first highlight reels. But, oh my god! Yeah, boys, it's uh, still 2020. We'd say that much, but I can't yeah. wait this year to be over. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the language community in Calgary or wherever you are listening, that uh, yeah, things can kind of get back. This summertime, we had a bit of a a bit of a renaissance, renaissanceito the like hanging out in the park or yeah um doing different events but okay so that's not yeah. going on anymore no. unbeknownst but i guess uh azrin put out that korea notice he's doing the free korean classes tonight free korean classes. he's got, a, he's got a guy so so yeah hopefully t- i don't i'm not do you know what time that is tonight five to six thirty 
Hágale pues. So, yeah. So there's, so there's that, little things like that, right, to look forward to. Uh, but in terms of, like, gathering, man, yeah, there's nada, 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 limonada. Hmm. So, así se pasa. But, That's uh, a little unfortunate. Yeah, but I just want to make a point. So, Cody, you were doing this. Thanks again for doing this for the pod, but like doing the clips. So I was going to ask when you guys have some, I don't know, like tasks to do, do you ever try to integrate language learning into it? Like I have, I forget where my stack is. I have a boatload of marking, a big, big stack here today, but the way it's daunting, look at that pile. But what I do, I just, I'm going to put in my AirPod. I'm going to put up some football Sunday and it's, it's, at least it doesn't require a, like a full on thought for me to like market so I can like get some Korean, get some Ukrainian or look I say while I'm doing that. But do you guys, when you have like chores to do, are you trying to like use language learning? Yeah, I can, I can, I can talk about this. So okay. um, I've like classified all the different chores and activities that I can do some kind of active or even passive listening to. Passive, and- yeah, even passive. Uh-huh. Okay. So um one for me is uh, when, I, when I'm driving. When I'm driving, uh-huh. that is probably one. the best time for me to listen to podcasts. Because when I'm, when I'm driving, like, I just have the road to focus on. And I can also listen and, like, actually pay attention to what's happening in the conversation. And um, also when I am eating breakfast. Uh-huh. Or eating a meal in general. That's also another really good time for me to listen to, to podcasts. Um, but actually, w- some other kind of activities where people say they listen to podcasts and uh, while they're doing a certain activity, th- those don't work for me. Like, for example, um, some people listen to podcasts when they're exercising. I uh-huh. cannot do that. I, I need music. I need music. Yeah. Really intense. Exercise is a little trickier. Uh-huh. Yeah. And another one for me is... Um, <laughs> When, when I'm going grocery shopping, I, I can't, I, I need to just listen to oh, music really? because I, I can't, no, I need to, yeah, I, I, I need to actively focus on everything that I'm doing in the grocery store. And also can like, can't. you can't listen to it. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't listen to a podcast oh. from shopping. Okay. I, I can't focus on the conversation. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And um, maybe another one would be uh, when you're cleaning. I, I can't listen to a podcast when I'm cleaning either. What? Dude, I, that's I can't like prime time. Doing the dishes? Laundry? Okay, doing the dishes is different because the doing the dishes is very, um, very kind of monotonous. and like, Very monotonous. All the time, so I don't need to put too much mental energy into it. So I can listen to a podcast when I'm doing dishes. But if yeah. I'm cleaning the bathroom or like vacuuming, well, obviously vacuuming because of the noise, but like if I'm cleaning yeah. the bathroom, I, I need to listen to music. I can't listen to a podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. How about you, Marcus? How do you feel? Oh, about what you <laughs> Dude, you're talking to a person that listens to podcasts 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. You do it in your lab too. Yeah. <laughs> I do it in my lab. Like I do it in my sleep. <laughs> legitimately. Like legitimately. Guys, I, I, go I do to, it in my sleep. I go to when bed I wake- to podcasts. No, I, so when I wake up in the morning, I usually wake up around six o'clock or something like that on my own will. And yeah. then I just put on a podcast and it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be Spanish. It's often Spanish, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Spanish, but I put it on and then I go back to sleep. So I listen for a while and yeah. then I casually fall back asleep and then I wake up again at eight and I've gone through like three podcasts. Wow. Right. 
like three episodes the classic sleep through podcast it's like four <laughs> yeah, episodes yeah. later and, and like, like another another thing i i do now it's this is hilarious but um when i go to bed now i usually throw on like one of these videos learn german in your sleep do those work Come no on. but listen 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 Obvi- obviously it doesn't work but it's the best no. way to fall asleep because they put on <laughs> they, they put, put on like- this very uh soporific background music so it's very this very soothing background music uh, okay. and then they have all these they have like a really nice voice that that Lost pronounces guitar, all the german yeah exactly like this lady voice it's very soothing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and um and then they have this very nice soothing background music as well so it's perfect for falling asleep so i use it kind of <laughs> like a, a bed night story kind of like- thing the only reason I could see it, like, is it supposed to, like, trigger your dreams into a certain language? Like, all of a sudden, your dream. Like, I don't know. People have talked. Maybe you guys talked to this. <laughs> I think I've dreamt in Spanish, like, twice in my life. I don't. I, think I did that- it the other day for the first time. Right. So what like, does that I mean? I had a dream completely in what Spanish. What does that mean neurologically? Like, it means dream- that I'm. Yeah, you're right in it, right? You're immersed. You're full on. Yeah right but that's what happens that's how you know you're immersed so like for example i've done some periods when i'm very focused on certain things for like work related so mm-hmm. i i i um when i'm in the when i'm in these moments of of intense focusing Focus. i always yeah. dream about whatever i'm focusing on yeah always always really? always always and now yeah. i had this dream in spanish but it wasn't like i wasn't like studying spanish right i was like hanging out with my uh, friends uh, things my are dream. just happening in spanish i imagine yes things are just happening in spanish and yeah. and i was i was like communicating in spanish right yada 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 and i was yeah. actively experiencing uh navigating through life in spanish in my dream if yeah because one never controls your own dream, right? So just like an uncomfortable well, dream. Well, that gets onto the question of lucid dreaming, which is something that I can do. You can take it on lucid, like you you know how to. I, I, I can't do it on. It's not like every night I go to sleep and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna lucid dream tonight. But like, right? I would say on average, maybe once every month or two, I end up having some kind of a lucid dream, and and then yeah, I can I can just like do whatever I want in the dream. It's really cool dude but i've I've had certain experiences like that as well but they're rare and it's always like yeah. it's never dirt when i'm in like deep sleep it's always like uh-huh. in the morning if i wake yes. up and fall back asleep yep. Correct. and then i'm like Same. barely asleep and i'm able to kind of like control my dream i'm like okay now i'm gonna dream about this and i'm yeah, able it's to a like weird paint a picture yeah, yeah that's the same with me when i've woken up but i'm still like tired and then fall back asleep that's the only time and but okay uh that's but anyway languages though. languages well, no, yeah, let's, dreaming. Let's, let's dreaming, switch man. focus so um I, <laughs> I like you guys are like tangents and rabbit holes come on no but <laughs> i love it but, but but what were we what were we talking about uh well you said for podcasts you listen to that's what you listen to oh yeah back, right? <laughs> yeah my german always bring fall it back. Asleep. no matter your tangent, german just always bring it sleep. back yeah okay so <laughs> Yeah, like this be a podcast, like in any of your time, like when you're not actually working, like at least for me, you just, yeah, like the AirPod, man. The AirPod is like my podcast stream of conscious. Just so is, is this the extensive learning that you're talking about? Uh, no, so extensive. I got this idea just from, uh, so the beauty of the Polyglot Conference, some of those talk, those talks are still up. 
And uh, there's one speaker, Judith Meyer, and she had a uh, talk about how to get into literature in a foreign language. And she didn't really talk about like what level you need to be at, but just a strategy to jump in. So I'm guessing the strategy pertains to like a upper A2, lower B1 at least. And how intensive reading would be when you say you just take one page and you really focus on everything happening in that page. You're like, all right, I'm going to like underline vocab. I don't know. I'm going to look at verb tenses. Like you really, really breaking it down and studying. Whereas so I, that'd be arguably intensive. So even for say like a language level, let's say I took the first level of Turkish on memorize. I wrote out all the vocab. I made sentences with it. I practiced it. I practiced it. I would argue that's intensive. Extensive is when I went through three Turkish courses on memorize. So I did 1300 words on the Duolingo memorize course. So I just like clicked like the word, wrote it down, clicked the word, wrote it down. And I've gotten a bit of an experience to be like, okay, this word's not really relevant or that's not like that, but I just, I'm just writing. So I have this, like, I probably have like 50 pages now. And so that was 1300 words. Then I did the memorizes own course. Turkish one was about 200 and some words, then Turkish two, 300 and some words. And there's a bit of repetition between those, but just writing and writing and writing and writing. And then just like starting to pick up patterns. Is that a pattern? Oh, okay. Like this is, this is obviously the infinitive tense. Okay. Some weird stuff happens when it's first person. Some weird stuff happens when it's second person. I'm not, I can't say any of these words. Some words just sound cool. When you start looking at 1300 words, you're like, oh, the word for like handsome is fun to say, but you're just, so it's like really extensive. And that, uh, that ties into her reading as well. Whereas she just says, throw out your dictionary, throw out all that stuff. Unless the word's coming up lots and just keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, like keep going, keep going, keep trying to understand more and more and more and more. So I was like, what if you just took this approach to just starting any language? And then what I think where the acquisition will come in is going to be in the review of those words where, so last night I slowed it down a bit. I just went back to the first set of notes for my Turkish and I just started, I went, I reviewed that. And then I went on to the Duolingo, the actual course and just started uh, doing their sentences, right? Like anyone who's done Duolingo, you just make the sentences and yeah, man, it was just uh start to form a base. It's kind of mad, like just throwing up a bunch of sand, but then like the sediment, the first layer starts to like come down on itself. And that's what I would call the extensive approach. I don't know. Thoughts on. So, so listen, listening to a podcast, would that be extensive as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'd argue I'm doing that for for German right now. Like an easy German podcast is like a half hour to an hour about. And Yeah. For sure. I would say so. Like you're just listening, listening. Um, this is a little more like fresh because I've only done like my little dabbles in Turkish before, but then I was like, okay, I want to go like really hard at it in a short amount of time. And so, yeah, I, I don't know that because obviously the better, like, for example, if I read just a normal book right now in Spanish, because I'm already B2 plus, right? It's not it wouldn't seem as super extensive or as intense because I, I already know that stuff. So it's, I'm more talking about like for things that you don't know how to get into it. Uh, but I think, yeah, that massive content stream 
is that could maybe apply to reading and just picking up a language. So I'd be interested to do like an experiment with someone that's never the language and be like, Hey, write, write out these 1500 words in Spanish and just see what you start to notice. Cause that's kind of what I'm doing with Turkish. That's mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, that's uh, cool. and from that, and from what I extracted from that is I produced for this, this, uh, this, those little greetings and sayings and stuff, but there's, there's more, there's more where that came from, so to speak. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what Esther is doing. I haven't talked to her yet. We haven't checked in on that little challenge. But uh, yeah, you copy out a lot of words and you, you just see like, oh, okay. Like even animal words start to like recognize a few or verb tenses. I haven't done past tense yet, but just some of the present progressives. And I don't know, it's just pattern recognition as what I would argue extensive, extensive does. So try it here for yeah. the and at, at at the end of the day, I think um, it's the most important to just have a healthy balance of this mixture. So yes, ideally, it should be like you should be doing a third extensive, a third intensive, and a third review. Well, there, yeah, there's different ratio. Oh, yeah, like it doesn't need to be exactly that, but you yeah. should have a relatively healthy balance with uh, whatever you're learning style is and, and and maybe review should be like the smallest portion but uh intensive and extensive should generally be the same amount that you're well so, so what i do i do kind of a hybrid okay so obviously i listen to a lot of podcasts yeah it, it it entails that i always have my phone ready and if i hear a word that i don't know i look it up mm -hmm. okay well, that's arguably here, inten that's intensive yeah but it's like i, I could be on my bike and I yeah. could be listening to a podcast and I could be doing something completely different. And then I could intentionally or deliberately um, break, step off my bike, look up the word, save the word, and then keep biking. That's still pretty extensive though. Cause intensive it's a hybrid. Is like, yeah. But intensive is like, you're really sitting down and you're really analyzing yeah. everything. When yes. you like get off your bike like that and just make a note, that's still extensive. Yeah, but it's a, it's more a hybrid because I'm I'm taking the deliberate kind of action of yeah of looking up the word and I'm trying to understand grammatically and okay. yeah um, yeah deliberate action whatever is, you're doing deliberate action you're moving more towards an intensive approach yeah but I guess how often are you stopping though Marcus is this a word that's coming up again and again and again or it's you had like you're listening well, to a lot and all of a sudden you, there's a word that came up that you didn't know so it's like ah okay. I've been working a lot uh, recently on on uh, improving my my ability to memorize things. So you know, like the the different. How, how, what's your approach to that? I'm interested. I'm curious about that. Uh, well, Memory so techniques. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I know you're you're gonna like this, Ian. But for for numbers, this is completely different. This doesn't have to do with languages. But for numbers, to memorize numbers, I think of sports stars, like sports players, yeah. and their numbers. And so, if there's a number, I have to. to to memorize i just i just picture all these sports stars like for example patrice bergeron for the bruins he has number 37 or Sidney crosby has uh -huh. 87 so if there's a number 37 87 so 3787 then i just imagine i picture patrice bergeron and are... Sidney crosby together okay you <laughs> that's what just... i do for, that's what i do for numbers Dude. that's kind of funny so for the sports no no no, no, fans, no, no pause. oh yeah okay but uh you just hit on something I was obsessed with for, I'm going to say two years, which is mnemonics. 
which uh, I, I'd love to get into this a bit more because you just gave a classic example. Yeah, but that's what I, I do the same thing for, for words in Spanish. Correct. You can do it for anything. You can do it. This, this doesn't apply just to languages. If you want to remember all the presidents of the United States or all the prime ministers that you, you make up stories, mnemonics. So for yours, for example, and there's, and there's memory guys that talk, you could picture like, okay, so Patrice Bergeron's the first number, right? 37. Mm-hmm. So you picture him at a bar. Okay, he's waiting, he's waiting. All of a sudden, door opens up, Sidney Crosby walks in, sits next to him in the same pattern. And this might sound ridiculous to the person. It doesn't matter. The whole point is the ridiculousness because it's more memorable. So then, yeah, then they're just hanging out. They cheers or whatever. And then you just have a stronger image of Bergeron and Crosby yeah. hanging out. And then what? if you want to get into memory palaces, you put this in a place that you're actually familiar with. So maybe you're placing in uh barcelona you picture bergeron sitting on the couch next to crosby okay mm-hmm. and then now you want to remember what's okay what, so then another number then you put two other hockey players next to the door type thing and this is like a mental image a yeah mental i know map in your mind this is what i'm working on this is the classic like the this mnemonics i would yeah mnemonics are, are like the classic way to improve your your memory so i have another example for a yeah Spanish memory word. champions use okay, okay I have another you- i have another example ensanchar it means it to doesn't. widen something, to, 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 to separate, to widen. And Sanchar, algo. And so Sanchar. what I think of is, is Pedro Sanchez, the, the president of Spain, and how he's polarizing the country. <laughs> he's widening. <laughs> he's widening. And Sanchar. Uh-huh. Oh, exactly so he's, and then, he's, he's widening the political beliefs and of as a, the population. So that's as how a I remember guy. Sanchar. <laughs> Yeah, and then as a memory guy, I'd be like, all right, Marcus, exaggerate that memory. So imagine he's like up at the podium in the presidency, and he's got both his hands, and he's like pushing them out. Like, how do you make the memory more vivid, the image more vivid, right? Because, and, yeah, in Sanchar. Yeah, and another example. Links. I have another example. Apostar. You guys know what that means? Tibet. Yeah, Tibet, exactly. So I'm just, I'm just, Star. I'm just, um, I'm, 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 I'm imagining myself just placing a bet on like a post-it okay. uh, thing. And then, I don't know, that's, that's just it? like what I remember. And maybe I'm posting it, yeah. But I, that's, yeah. Just, the way, that's just the way I remembered it. You got your NFL ticket, your over-unders. Yeah, like I'm posting. Like I'm post posting. I'm, I'm, writing, I'm, writing, I'm writing my bet on a post-it. Yes. Correct. Yeah, dude. So, uh-huh. This is... So that's, that's like another example. Okay, There's I got so many. All right. All right, Cody, what do you think? So um, I don't really use things like memory palace or mnemonics unless they're no. very obvious. Correct. Okay, this is what I've moved more towards. So go on, Cody. Yeah, but okay. for some people it works. But for me personally, the, the thing is that the effort to result ratio is not worth it for me because I need to put a lot of effort into like thinking like, okay, like how am I going to make all these associations? And then I need to yeah. come up with some kind of crazy elaborate memory palace. And I'm and then, yeah. then I end up spending more time doing that than actually memorizing the word. But for me, um, that's why I like reading so much because the written word speaks to me so much. And that's just how I think. Like sometimes it's so strong that I think in written language. Like for example, yesterday, this is crazy. I couldn't believe this. Yesterday, somebody told me to think of a color 
And the first thing that popped in my head was literally the word green, not the color green. In your mind's eye. Yeah. Like yeah. G-R-E-E-N. Like G-R-E-E-N. Yeah. I did not see the color. I saw the word green. Okay. Right. Correct. I don't, I don't, that my brain doesn't work like that. Well, that's interesting. Because yeah, I, mean, I feel like memory can be like, like Koto's method. Because cause you've. Your, your mind just has such an association with green. It's the written form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I don't, that's just, that's just how my brain works. I just uh-huh. think in written word and language. Right. Yeah. And now, okay. Going back to mnemonics, I, I agree. It is a bit like there is some effort that goes into it. So this is where I've like, went away from it a bit but i think in the short term like sometimes it just takes a little bit of imagination you can come up with stuff like ensanchar like exactly right just me you got it you got it now oh yeah no no dude i used to do this i used to do this for everything (laughs) like i did this in front of a university class one time i was like i was the prof i acted like i was the prophet of mnemonics i was like give me a word any word any word give me a word and then What's a butterfly? I always remember this for some reason. What's butterfly in German? Schmetterling? Schmetterling, yeah. Schmetterling. The guy's like, Schmetterling. And I was like, all right, uh, Schmetterling. It's a butterfly. So, uh, okay, I think it's on the spot. Like, Schmetterling. Um, Ling, what's Ling? Maybe it's like a Chinese name, Ling. So, you just put your <laughs> exactly butterfly no. in China, flying over Schmetter. And he's, what's Schmet? Like, Schmet. Uh, uh, yeah anyways you gotta you gotta kind of build on it. and this right so what i'm doing right now cody you're saying that's that does take effort that does take yeah like for time me, like right because i'm thinking there. of it uh-huh but then <laughs> next time you're schmetterling i'm just gonna be like oh there's a butterfly flying over head. <laughs> and i think i think a, a mnemonics are kind of like training wheels they're meant to be dropped off at one point it's not like when you're B2 Spanish, you're still thinking of all these mnemonics that you came up with when you were A1. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, all right, so Marcus, how, okay, so my question now for you is how intensive are you doing this for words? Like, are you just intensive. thinking them? Are you writing it out? And Well, I have a list. Obviously, okay. I have a list. I have so many lists. So you guys yeah. know on, on PCs, you can do like the sticky notes. Okay. I have that for every language. Right. Including English. So what does that what does that entail? Just a word on a note? That entails every time I find a new word that I don't know, I write it down and then I try to memorize it with uh, mnemonics. Okay. But I also write it down because I want to go back and review that. And I do this in everything. Okay. Uh, so my question is, how does your review work because this is where uh spaced repetition like anki memorize arguably so so here's the thing this is why i love the sticky notes app on youtube or not on on my computer yeah yeah yeah. i know i got my youtube to be my computer but um yeah every time so every time i start my computer all these tabs come up essentially so i just go through them every morning i just review everything Okay. And this is not just languages. I do this for, for everything. Like if right. I, if there's, if there's a new concept or a new term, yep. there's new terminology that I learned regarding anything. I write it down that I like Octothorpe. <laughs> oh yeah. What's that? <laughs> like, <again>? That's <laughs> the hashtag. Hashtag. Oh yeah. See, see, yeah I if I, that, so I maybe I needed down. a mnemonic for that. Like an octopus. Yeah. 
hang yes, out at no, no, sign. No, no I, I, <laughs> my mnemonic is a thorn and an octopus. Octothorpe. <laughs> How do you tie that? But you got to tie it to the number sign, though. Like, that's the thing about oh, no, I just, I, no, but that's them. easy. That's easy. That's just easy because it's it's a hashtag. It's Twitter. It's every, like that's that's not hard for me. The hard thing for me is to remember what the word is. Okay, see, I would argue, yeah, an octopus getting a thorn in it, but you got to incorporate the number sign somewhere in that to finish. No, off but that's for some reason that that's not important. That's secondary. Like the okay. the octothorpe, okay. it's just like I just just the fact that there's a word called octothorpe for the hat for the number sign or the pound yeah. sign it's called a pound sign right yeah it's just that's enough of a mnemonic within itself okay. for me to make it easy to remember it yeah yeah no it's interesting because i i'm more of a thing now like cody said if something's like obvious and that's what i do in my classroom now too i'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head but yeah if something's like really obvious i'll be like hey think of this think of this but for something obvious, but uh, there's a guy, oh, I forget his name. It's the courses on memorize, like all this stuff I find. Uh, it's called remembering the kanji. So Kolo for future reference for Japanese, if you want to take this approach, like he writes out a story for all of the kanji and how and there's radicals. Is Chinese, like the radicals in Chinese. So he has a story about the radicals and how they come together. So there's a whole, he has like a paragraph story about every kanji. And that's supposed to be your mnemonic story to remember. Wow. And sounds- uh, yeah, so it's imagine somebody's like already written your mnemonics for you in a way. Huh. And you just follow along with it. Okay. So, I mean, there's different things. Like Marcus thought of an octopus and a thorn, right? I could have thought of something different. So there's like a personalized approach um but you can do this for like like uh benny lewis from fluid in three months he always gives the classic example like uh beach in spanish playa so he pictures this dude like trying to be all gangster like like yo what's up playa on the on the on the beach right like playa playa like any kind of association you know what for for me it needs to be more like even more obvious than that like i'll give you guys a really funny example so in german how do you say fat? Gross. Dick. Dick. <laughs> Dick. Oh, yeah. Uh, your mnemonics can get. That's right. So it needs, to, it needs to like clearly come to me. Like, like it clearly sounds like something in English or another language. <laughs> it does. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, right. And then just to like fully explain like the the memory palace angle so say i'm in my classroom right now and someone's like hey ian learn the uh hebrew alphabet so what i could do here is visualize like the the aleph the a there then whatever the next letter is the beta and i just have this like string of the letters in my mind based off locations in this classroom and then even when i'm sitting at home i can like visualize my classroom and picture all the letters of the alphabet. So this can work for like sequences, the US presidents, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right, for me personally, I have moved away from this. I'm just more of a watch the paint dry kind of guy now. 
yeah. that makes well, sense. That, that method works as well. So I'll give you another example. Um, just if you learn a word, just repeating it enough times, then you're going to, you're going to forever have that voice, your own voice in your head, repeating that word. So for example, no, but the question example. is how many times that's the great mystery sometimes, how many times? Not that much, it. not that much. So what I do, I just walk around and repeat it until I, I until I get it. I do that a lot. How do you, what do you mean though? Like, Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example, man. I'll give you an example. So when I was in Costa Rica, I, I, I hiked. Costa Rica, man. My, my. My, my. I hiked, obviously, uh, Sierra Chiripo, which yeah, we talked about yeah. on an earlier yeah, episode of the pod. But did. I also hiked another mountain called Ventis, Ventisqueros. And I, and I had such a, Ventisqueros. I don't know. It doesn't, it's just a name. It's just a name. Oh, I don't right. know if it means anything. But I had such a hard time remembering Ventisqueros, like the name. Yeah. Such a hard time. So what I started doing was just basically just repeating it over and over again in my head. Ventisqueros, 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 Ventisqueros. And then I just did that for like 10 minutes. And then after that, it was like in there. Really though? You didn't go crazy? 10 minutes? Yeah, but for you here, Marcus, that works for you because you're an audio-based learner. If I do that, it doesn't work. There's been multiple words that people have tried to teach me. Um, where I've only heard it spoken, like, um, they're like, somebody will tell me something kind of like a cool kind of word and they'll, they'll tell me it over and over again. And every time they see me, they'll say, Hey, do you remember how to say this? I forget every time. Cody, I promise you, you're going to remember what an octothorpe is. Oh, yeah, you're no. remember how to say it. Two episodes <laughs> in, I'll, I think I'll remember. <laughs> I looked at it written. And also when you said the word octothorpe again, I pictured the word octothorpe. Yeah, but you're. St I'm yeah. still saying it. It's still auditive. Okay, but when you said that initially today, I had, I had forgotten. I had legit. Yeah, forgotten. not yeah, but now I promise you, you guys. Are yeah, yeah, yeah. Double assist. But you, what what I would argue, what would make this stronger, is it has to be. It has to come up in another context now for me. So yes, I've heard from you guys yeah. on the podcast. That's arguably still one context. If I'm reading a news article, if I'm listening to the radio, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I hear the word Octothorpe. Maybe Sam Harris says it someday because he does stuff like that. And I'll be like, oh, Octothorpe. <laughs> like, I know what that is. Yeah. Just like when Cody gave the example of defenestrate on the pod. So that was my one context. Yeah. But then I'm listening to Sam Harris say defenestrate. I'm like, oh, like, yeah. boom. So I'm talking about interlocking context. Yes. So that, instead of just being me like, I'm picturing I'm picturing Sam Harris. Oh, I'm picturing Sam Harris right now saying like, "Oh, there's this Octothorpe going viral on Twitter." Octothorpe Trump sucks. But yes, I agree. What I agree with what Ian's saying. Like for me, it's not like I only need to see the written word. If I have interlocking contexts, like he said then yes, I'll remember a spoken word that I've only heard auditorily. Yeah, like for the rest of my life, I know what untar is now because I messed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So <laughs> don't be afraid. Like one's got to be afraid not to be afraid of the mistakes either because I think this is part of the glory of making mistakes is uh, you're just like, oh, snap. Like, yeah, no, that's not what that is. So you have like a memory, right? That like, corrects it um it, yeah it's just it's fascinating because even with this turkish stuff so basically 
I'm trying to, okay. Okay, let's just take my counter. So I went through like 1,300 Turkish words here. There's no way in hell I w- I'm making 1,300 mnemonics. Oh. Just like, click. You could? I've gone, I could, I could. Yes, I could. It'd take way longer. I could, yes. Sorry, I went, when I said that, what I meant by that, I meant uh, I couldn't have done it as fast as I did with making mnemonics. So basically, uh, just writing them out and it was just more getting a feel noticing the patterns and then eventually with my paint dry method i would argue that's more of the review and that's what i'm doing with like talk to me in korean uh on memorize i just go like this was the level one vocabulary click 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 and i would tie that into the overlearning. so i don't basically what i mean overlearning. don't trust your memory is basically what i'm arguing yeah like do it hit it even more hit it even more than you think um, and, but that could be with mnemonic saying it to yourself 10 times, seeing it written. Like, I think there's multiple ways and I'm not a neurologist to like pinpoint exactly what the mind is doing, but this is just pure trial and error. The way that I've come about trying this, but see, arguably what I've been doing before, even with the dabbles is just little bits at a time, like 10 minutes of Portuguese. That's not super extensive. And there's a lot of cognates, so it's arguably not even that intensive. But I think it's t- taking taking an approach one feels comfortable and that they feel like they're making progress with. So, Margaret, if you're feeling you're making progress with mnemonics, Cody, if you're feeling you're making power with the extensive reading, like I think, it, it, yeah, I think there's multiple ways the mind can uh, pick up on these things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing, yeah, keep going. Sorry. There's just one more thing I want to say about this memory stuff. And then I actually want to switch the focus if that's all right. I got sure. it. Yeah. So I don't know if, if, if uh, you guys probably don't have this problem, but I don't know. Maybe some other people have this problem. Sometimes when I'm, uh, when I'm, when I'm studying some new language, I'll like, I'll look at something or I'll hear something just like once or twice. Yeah. And then when I review it again, I'll like, be testing myself to see if I can remember it without well, like without actually looking at it and it's like mm. if I'm like I'm like trying to like test to see how good my memory is and then if I don't get it then I think like oh like I'm stupid for not but like that's no, that's a ridiculous no, thought no, to have no. and like you you like Ian said like you you can't really over learn so you can't look at something too much that doesn't really exist like if you want to look at something 50 times then yeah go for it well it's not efficient yeah. That's my point. Well, that's the biggest thing. What's well, that's the that's the the golden nugget. What's the most efficient? To see it once and then remember it. Correct. But that's hard. Yeah, but we're not robots, right? <laughs> yeah, but I I feel like I've been able to significantly re- reduce the, t- the the amount of times that I have to look at a word in order to understand what it means and to use it myself. That's yeah. my point. And this is where I'd argue uh, relevancy plays a big role. And what I mean by that, how important is it that I remember this word? Yeah, exactly. Because um, yes, if it is important, if it is relevant, then more of an effort, more of a conscious effort needs to be made. Like I was looking at some words in Turkish this 
this uh for this thing i was like i will not be using that with the challenge like what about octothorpe <laughs> yeah octothorpes in turkey I, uh, yeah how do you say octothorpe in turkey <laughs> uh, i'll get back to you on that and i'll have a sick mnemonic with it too <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. how to say octothorpe in all languages <laughs> God. all right all right cody you said my, you had, yeah yeah that's gonna, that's gonna be my party <laughs> trick sorry cody Go all right what what is memorias okay so at the beginning of the episode <laughs> ian mentioned that there is a difference between formal and informal in turkish and so oh, yeah. i noticed yeah. is that in english it seems like english so far from all the languages that i've touched on English is the only language that doesn't distinguish between formal and informal. I want to play a devil's advocate with this after, though. Okay, what do you... Yeah, you're right. Kolo. Um, uh, yeah, because we talked about this with... Um, oh, geez, I forget what I bet. Uh, Mac, with Mac, Mac. About thou being English yeah. is old, too. And how that eventually... Uh, went away or uh, evolved out and yeah we just say you right and it, it, it's always a tricky concept when I teach my students because like it's like technically you guys should be saying usted or vu to me uh like it just it's just showing you, you you're catching up on these cues and I would argue with English yes not in the actual words but I feel it's like we still talk to people we still have registers, social registers. Oh yeah, in right? terms of speech, absolutely. But in yeah, I'm just talking about the, the words. words the yes. Forms. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes. So I think English is English like the only one that Why doesn't. Why don't we look this up? I, yeah, because well, like, other language. Yeah. Boy, like it's the same thing in Swedish. We don't differentiate. Like there is a no. formal. There's, there are formal pronouns, but they're they're very antiquated and we don't use mm-hmm. them. It's kind of silly. It's kind of like yeah. use usted in Spain is super antiquated. Like you would never call anyone usted. Really? In Spain? I, I, like I've an old abuelita? Okay, okay. maybe maybe if it's like an, a very old person or, or a super, uh, I don't know if it's like insanely formal, you would say usted. Like if it's if you're if you're going to like uh, award that. ceremony and you're you're receiving a reward for for something honorable that you've done you're getting it directly from from the king of Spain you would be oh señor uh, usted muchas gracias usted no man like this is but, interesting but, yeah okay. but like I've been saying here people here never use usted like if you're even if you're in class. And you're talking to your, so your boss, you, you would use two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But does that say more about like the relationship you have with him or, or, or like from day one, you're just like, tuteando, you're using two. Yeah. You're, you're tutear todo el tiempo. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Cause that might just be todo el tiempo. style of things, but I feel like I've instinctively with language learning. I uh, have this like two usted thing now. Even like I have a buddy from Venezuela. He's a bit older than me. We see each other. Usually it's kind of like more formalish settings. And I just, I feel uncomfortable saying two. <laughs> I was like, como esta usted? Like it's kind of like. 
I obviously understand how it works in Latin America. It's completely different. Okay, Latin America. Maybe that's maybe more of my context then. Right. Right, right. Okay, but Spain then has dropped this or is dropping yeah, it. If, if, if you come here and you say ustedes, they're going to laugh at you. Oh, oh, okay, that's different though. Usted that's, or ustedes. Well, no, but in Spain you should use vosotros for ustedes. Yeah, but you would use ustedes in the same setting as you're using usted. That's my point. No. Like in Spain, yes, yes. Ustedes. Como están ustedes? Or yeah, como está usted? No, but when I talk to my class, they're all younger than me. I say ustedes because it's plural. Yes, right? so ustedes is the plural. Yes, but in Spain, ustedes is the plural oh. of usted. Okay, but... You wouldn't use so, okay. So let's say you let's say you're getting no no no. Escúchame tío. Escúchame tío. If, <laughs> if you are getting your prize, <laughs> Cody's laughing. Mi premio. Premio no. If you're getting your premio, if if you're if you're going and receiving a prize for something okay. honorable that you've done, you've saved uh, a, a mosquito little baby. You've, you, yeah, no, you've saved a little baby from, from getting run over by a train or something like that. And you're getting this uh, normal <laughs> honorable citizens premio prize from, from the king and queen of Spain. You would go up and you would talk to them as ustedes. You would address them as ustedes. I wouldn't say vosotros. No, you would say ustedes. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, now I get you. Yeah. Right. Sure but if you're talking... If you're talking to your your uh, alumnos, alumnos, vosotros. you would say vosotros. Gotcha. Como estáis okay. vosotros? Okay, I understand you now. Yes. <laughs> so formal plural, formal plural, formal plural, which is which uh, like Latin America doesn't have. You just say ustedes formal yes. or informally. Yes, okay. you're always formal. So I would argue that Latin America, you don't have a formal. Because you're always formal, so you're not differentiating. No, you differentiating said two. Formal and informal. Yeah, no. in Mexico. In Mexico. But two doesn't exist in certain countries. Like in, in no, Costa. like Nicaragua, Honduras, vos. You say vos. But vos like is two, two, though. That's true. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah but if I was meeting an right. older gentleman in Nicaragua, un nico, uh, una nica viejo, I'd be like, ¿Cómo está usted? Right, right. And that's but, just like but, and that's but, just like an impulse now, like I because I would feel like so wrong to say two. To, I'd feel like I. Was but even even if you sorry. if you're hanging out with your buddies, you would still say usted. And even if you're it, like if you go to the grocery store in Central America, you would say como está usted. To someone I didn't know. Yeah, anyone. Like even no, if but it's uh, bueno, like, Yeah, probably. But if if even if it's like um, a pair. So if if it's someone of your age, you would still talk to them as usted if you don't know them, right? If you don't, right? Yeah, if you don't know them, yeah. And then that's the whole like podemos tutear. Like I've gotten that. Right, like, right, right. You have to ask if we if we can kind of yeah. They initiate. It's a weird initiation. Right. But here um, it's como yeah, estás, is, como estás. Okay. So, Cody, do you find an answer? Because this ties into Ukrainian has this, yeah. German has, everyone has it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually just thinking while you guys are just like arguing with each other. Buen argumento. I'm just thinking of all the different, like, I guess you could call it the formal informal barrier. Sure, in, sure. In all the languages that, that I know. And uh -huh. 
it's it's different for every language. So uh, this is culturally dependent. Right. And what I meant by devil's advocate is like, I wouldn't go to my principal here, my boss, and be like, sup? Or, uh, well, no, of course yeah, not. But that's not, that's not what, that's not what they do here. <laughs> no, I know, I it's know. Not like, but I'm just saying English, like... English, okay, my argument is English accomplishes, accomplishes this formality gap, so to speak, via other means. Mm-hmm, just yes. tone of voice vocab that you use the formalities so like, even if i was to meet like some higher up authority like the mayor or somebody you're like you're being respectful right whereas like this is where I, I need to get more into korean uh the social dynamics because there it's even more regimented yeah right and uh matt versus japan great youtube channel shout out he just had he had a video with a guy and they were talking about the differences between Japanese and Korean and how arguably there's even more than three, I guess, of these regiments. But they were just giving examples of like, okay, this is the most informal way to say it. This is a little more formal. And his metaphor was basically like, imagine you go to a party where everyone's just dressed real casually, but you show up with like a tuxedo. That's when you know you're being too formal. And then vice versa, if it's a tuxedo party and you show up with like baggy jeans, you're being too informal and that's those registers and i think as a foreign language learner navigating the formalities is it's so cool it's like it's another element of the culture that you're taking on but it's like okay in spain if you're at a restaurant and you're trying to get the waiter over to your table and ask for dessert Garcelle. you wouldn't say you wouldn't say hey tío dame el postre tío <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't, Oye, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't say that. Pinche postre. Actually, I have something really funny to say about this and, and Chinese because it, so in China, I found like the um, the the formality levels there. Uh-huh. Basically, um, they have uh, like a tu and usted. Like they have uh, right. they have ni and nin and nin is the formal you and you only really ever hear that in like a customer service setting mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. if you're if you're being served or like if you're on the telephone then they'll use nin and okay. uh also when you're when you're talking to like clearly like like senior citizens then you'll use nin but other than that mm. and maybe like your boss and obviously very um, people that Iron are in, in a much higher authority position than you, but like with generally with people, you just use knee, like the just the informal you. And but one thing that's kind of different is like when you're at a restaurant, like you just said, the culture there in in restaurants is so different. Like there's people yelling all the time; it's so loud. And like when you want to get a waiter's attention, you can literally do the equivalent of a hey, gasol. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but in Chinese and, they say "fu yuan," so you can literally yell across the restaurant, and be like, "Hey, fu yuan." Like, well, okay, that must tie into Korean too, because on the the Jogyo uh, episode, like they talk about how that's how you get someone's attention at a Korean restaurant. If you don't say like Jogyo, Jogyo, like you'll get ignored, too. Yeah. So but, what, like, what episode is that? Uh, talk to me in Korean when they talk to you about like, like, or maybe it's Pimsleur. I forget one of the two. Uh, it's like Tokyo. You, you, that's how you get attention, mm-hmm. because. But this is more like restaurant culture. Yeah, 
And but even the uh, there, there's there's a, there's a big difference between Korea and China though because Korea is much more formal. So even when you're like yelling, yeah, okay, Korea, gotcha. like saying chogi yo, you're still using the yo formal form, uh-huh. right? Like you're not saying chogi. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh huh. Chogi yo. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and I found uh, so from my. I mean, you have discovered this too from our Korean learning journey so far. Is that uh-huh. um, I would say Korean is probably the most formal language I've 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 run into. It, it seems like okay. the only time you can really use the informal form is when you're talking to close friends. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think Japanese is a little less, according to sources. Really, I've heard the opposite. So what about no, what about Portuguese? Portuguese? What about Portuguese? So so in in Brazil, in Brazil they say a, se, a senhora, a senhor, a senhora, right? But then for the informal they use a você, which is como usted. Right. You know this right, right, right. Have you have, yeah, have you você, come across this and you're head, dabbling? Yes, você. For some reason, my head você was. Yeah, because they don't use two in Brazil. No, they do. In in, in Portugal, they they use two. But not in Brazil. Brazil they use so, você. And then the same. And... I'm pretty sure they use the same verb conjugation for você and a senhor, a senhora. Uh, but okay. then in Brazil or in Portugal, Portuguese, Portuguese. Yes. They they, they have <laughs> two different verb conjugations. So they have the verb conjugation okay. for tu, and right. then they have the verb conjugation for você. Okay. A senhora, right. A senhora. So would, a senhora. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. In my dabbles, I haven't. I haven't looked at the formal two more because você just keeps coming up. And I hear it in so many, like when I listen to Brazilian yes. você, like they always use in você. And like yes. in music, yes. music never uses formal language ever. I, right, right. Ever. So that's what I'm saying. It's super uh-huh. weird. It's super right. weird. So in, in, yeah. in Brazil, você, which is the formal in Portugal, they use is that the for informal. the informal. Yeah. Was, I was listening to something recently. So like, a Brazilian guy was in Portugal and they were having such a hard time understanding they just decided to speak English or something. I was like, I don't know if that's a common case, but like if the languages yeah, are that different. Um, I just want to bring up a point. This was actually, uh, Marcus, when we did your first going to Barcelona episode, I was reading uh, George Orwell's homage to Catalonia. And uh, so this kind of tying a little bit of politics here. Um, so when Orwell was with the... Um, like they were fighting against the Franquistas. They, he talks about this specific moment when he was listening. Orwell didn't have that great of Spanish, but he was talking about how they were actually trying to root out the usage of like senor and formal language like that because the communist ethos or you get egalitarian ethos, whatever you want to call it. You, how do you have an equal society or a more you 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 eliminate these formalities. So I thought that was like an interesting political. Who was who was trying to do this? Think? The the Spanish that Orwell was fighting with. They were trying. Like you wouldn't say senor. The Republicans. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're using more like camarade or how we always joke with joke around like comrade, tovarish, mm-hmm. Russian, Ukrainian. That, and if you hear that, you can hear that in lots of like even the Chernobyl series. I think they're like comrade, comrade, like that's like a more equal language by like consciously rooting out these 
formalities, which I was like, okay, that does make sense if you're trying to have everyone be equal in that way. Um, so yeah, eliminating formalities was what Orwell experienced. Yeah, I can see how that's a political thing. Yeah, it's totally political. But I just thought it's interesting because they noticed, say, like, usted, like, do you think you're better than me? Like, if you're like, usted, I'm two kind of thing. Like, they noticed that mm-hmm. imbalance. Yeah, it's Coroni. definitely a political thing. And that's why it doesn't exist anymore in España. Right. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, tovarish kolo. ¿Qué piensas, güey? I mean, yeah, it's true. I, I actually have <laughs> read about that, too. So. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's something... I, I don't know how to instill it quite in students. Because the odd student will reply with, ¿Y usted? ¿Y vos? I'm, I'm not like a... I don't come down harsh on them, but I'm just like, when they say that to me, it's like, ah, you're, you're picking up on this. You're picking up like I'm older. So, you're okay. Younger. So, so, uh, what do they actually call you? Oh, like, well, like, like any teacher, like Senor Rainier, like all to all my Spanish students, I'm just Senor. Okay. Then, but do they, do they, do they use usted? Not many. Money used just two. And I don't get mad at them because oh. it means at least they're but using you- Spanish. But yeah, I do. But I should, do an, that should be a big thing. For, that's important. I know it is important. I do. It is important. And I, I, I do an activity. I give them all like roles. So for example, like you're the principal, you're the prime minister, you're the army general, like everyone's role. And then other kids get like, you're a grade four student. You're a dog. You're a pet or whatever. Like you're a dog. Like, no, you talk to your dog. You say like, como estas? Como esta, Mika? Like, whatever. Right. Like, um, and yes, you kind of try and drill it. And it's something I, I revisit. So anytime we're like doing an activity, but like, oh, if you were talking to this guy right now, what would you be using? Tu or usted? And so you, there's just ways I find like one lesson doesn't really like sink in to their language usage. So it's something you got to like throughout the semester, like keep reviewing and reminding them like, hey, and, this, would and, be, ooh, this would be usted. And do you to them? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is that a wait? Why wouldn't why uh why would you call them two? Because that's how it works. Would, they're younger than me. Like, yeah, yeah I guess. It doesn't necessarily have to. So, like, I'm not. That's so weird. Thing, that's weird. That's being too formal. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm definitely not an expert in this. As I said, I'm I'm in Spanish mode right now, so I okay. I, I, I to yeah. everybody. Right, but I, I still find it weird. Like, yeah, anybody younger than you? Tutiar hasta el fin del mundo. Yeah, okay, maybe. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I find it, because even in Ukrainian, there's the expression, možna, možna na te, is like, can we use te instead of ve? Because that's the equivalent. Te is tu and ve is usted. And yeah, just that expression. And I think, yeah, amongst peers, if you're being too formal, like people the same age as you, be like, yeah, dude. Tutiar. Yo. So, yeah. It's a pinch. Pinch. Capaz pinch. Cody. What are you doing, Cody? You meditating or what? No, no, I'm, I'm good, man. I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm good. Do you have anything <laughs> to say? I thought you had something to say. Yeah, I was like, suspense, drum roll. 
Put a little drum I thought you said something. Sound oh, I just said chill. Oh, chill. Oh, oh chill. yeah. Dude. <laughs> chill. Chill. Yeah. Yo, what number yeah, is so- chill in Korean? Chill? That's seven. Oh, damn. He's good. He's good. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's interesting. Because uh, sometimes I feel like in a foreign language classroom, you are limited sometimes to like getting bigger cultural points across but it's still something you can emphasize well that's important right like, not to just teach yeah, the yeah. language but to teach the culture. oh oh absolutely dude and even this my third year teaching high school i'm more on the culture train day and that's day really up. what it is it's not learning languages it's learning uh-huh. cultures yeah like languages. you're you got you're wearing something right now la liga like how fascinating yeah, yeah. is it to give a lesson about La Liga and the teams mm-hmm. in Barcelona and Messi, where's Messi from? And uh, how does that work in Spanish society? Like, dude, that, that's, oh, it, to put on like a conjugations and prepositions, like you got to tie it, you got to weave both. And what language teachers now are catching on to is like, hey, how can I teach culture through language basically so i start my class every day it's called the cultural question and it's only i speak in spanish or french but it's about something culturally relevant and then you try and like okay can i make this point across where they're learning about something like la liga or what we're talking about the other day we're talking about oh in french class we're talking about new orleans because new orleans has got a fascinating french spanish history um so yeah man because a language class i think could be really bland if you don't tie in that yeah and that's what i I, looking back at my my high school language classes that Uh i had to take that's why i hated them because they were Uh so dull bland there's no culture it's just verb conjugate german verb conjugations every day it was yeah and and imagine on oh, mass how many people have that association with yeah. a foreign language classroom, which which is not good. No, That's it's horrible. Not good for the teachers, the students, the attitudes toward languages. Arguably, this could reflect into just other people. Like, if you just have that association with foreign languages, you just think that's the trump's wall right that's the permanent wall it's there forever because like there's no way i'm getting over that wall like i'm yeah language barrier right like i gotta do i'm not gonna go back to conjugating verbs or look i say that i did so it's like okay if you switch those associations where you come to language class on the first dia and i'm like yeah tu nombre tu nombre que es tu nombre oh estás aquí okay aquí está mi mi plan de cientos estás aquí and they're like Spanish, like on the first day, like no manches, man. Like, man, you just you got a language teacher. I don't know, I, I'm still learning a lot myself. I'm not saying no, my asshole, but it's like, man, how how do you change it up? How do you just change up those associations and and yeah, it doesn't have to always like be culture. Like some kid could be like really into Minecraft or some weird. Like, all right, let's do something with like Spanish and Minecraft. Like all types of associations you can do. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, really I've, been tapping. I've really been tapping into this in my own teaching because, like, um, yeah. Before I what, was Minecraft. Very, 
<laughs> what? More of a Tetris guy personally, but I asked what Minecraft. No, 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 no. I because in the past I used to be like very focused on like just like, teaching the language, and yeah, uh-huh. uh, lately I've been bringing uh, people's interests and cultural points, and it's it's a slow process because I oh, yeah. still have one of those old habits where I'm like, um, actually, there's been a few of my lessons really uh, recently where I've I've realized like halfway through I'm like, oh my god, like this is boring, like they're probably so bored right now. So I'm right. doing my best to adjust that. Yeah. Oh, I just learned a great word in Korean while I was watching. Nunchi. Nunchi. It's like basically the equivalent of like reading the room, reading the vibe. Um, and yeah, as a teacher, yeah, I find you got to have nunchi. Be like, ooh, this is not engaging or this is. Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing some yawns here, folks. All right, let's start a fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. But as a teacher, that takes time, though. Yeah. To yeah, develop yeah. that, man. And yeah, cult- culturally wise, yeah, it's it's just slowly incorporating things. But yeah, you got to stay on your toes, right? Yeah. Like, you got to be able to, to pivot. Pivotar. Pivot. You guys yeah, know that pivotar? pivotar? <laughs> it's muy eso, no? Hay que pivotar. pivotar. More, more important. Anglicismos are starting to piss me off, I find like people thought english man english is are you sure only 10 percent of are you sure though pivot to people thought as as oh i thought you were telling me the truth no no i don't know if it's if it's oh i don't know oh but people thought is oh oh spanish word i learned that yeah that one doesn't feel that one doesn't feel right sometimes like that's a good latinized uh etymology pivotar doesn't seem right yeah, but pivotar, maybe pivotar originated from Spanish. Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm pissed off at Espanolis- Espanolismos. <laughs> yeah, so. Like I say. All right, uh, boys, what do you guys got going on for the rest of the day? What's happening today? You're doing any languages or what? Oh, yeah, dude. I, uh, I got, well, once we get the, our routines established, uh, so I do, I listen to an easy German podcast, a Talk to Me Korean podcast, a Ukrainian Lessons podcast. And I found this funny. I like looking, finding the stuff on the outskirts. I found this, these dudes. It's a Learn Croatian podcast. <laughs> it's just these three dudes hanging out, giving these like super cash Croatian lessons. So even if I don't, I, don't, I just like listening to their podcast, actually. Um, so I'm going to do, I'm going to listen to those four while I mark. That's what I'm going to do. Fair enough. Media. What about, what about you, Mr. Code? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm gonna go pretty hard because I got a lot of free time today. So I think I'm gonna go hard with languages today. Yeah, what are you doing? To, um, oh, Korea, Korean, of course. I'm gonna be hitting my Korean books and my Korean videos pretty far. I found this really good channel on YouTube that has like they they just give very uh, like a good duration of length for video and uh they they present everything in pure korean but it's like very simple language it's really comprehensible input Mm -hmm. yeah and um yeah i might go for a walk and and oh yeah that korean class is later so i might is that zoom uh yeah i think that'll be on zoom zoomiendo yeah and also probably just like chilling and watching some netflix and stuff like that so pretty relaxing. 
Mucho, mucho para descansar. Yeah, no, I've had a weekend filled with Castellano all this morning and yes, all day yesterday. So, so I'm, I have some other work to do, non-language stuff. Kind of boring, but got to get it done. Yes, we got to get it done. Got to get it done. So I'm, I'm going to work on that for the rest of the night. And uh, yeah, whatever. It's, it's um, Saturday, Sunday night. Domingo, eh? Sunday night aquí in Barcelona. Barcelona. Buen fin de semana, pero a ver. Yeah. A ver. A ver, a ver qué traiga el, 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 a la próxima semana. Así es, tío. Así es. Entonces. Entonces all right. Concluimos. All right. Concluimos. All right. Uh, we got to do this more, boys. We got to plug. Uh, listening. If you're listening, all your podcatchers, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundIn, or <laughs> SoundIn, SoundCloud. Uh, <laughs> follow us on one of those. We're on the YouTubes. Uh, highlight reels coming out Twitter the conversations carrying on on Twitter a fun little poll up right now about what your favorite part of the culture is the language so a few more days left on that Instagram Facebook it's all there for the listeners so we're on we're activo on those those redes sociales right so, uh, right ciao ciao, ciao. All right, Todos. Bye. Nos vemos. hasta Bye. luego